Hi, you're listening to Becoming Whole podcast with Claire Bradshaw, where I explore with my guests what it means to lean into living a life of wholeness and connectedness, a life where all parts of ourselves, our body, mind and spirit come into alignment, where we're truly living into our own personal values. So if you're a seeker, a feeler or someone wanting more from your precious life, then tune in every fortnight and let's get inspired together. Welcome to the first episode of Becoming Whole podcast. I'm here today with Lindsay Gonzalez, an international yoga teacher's teacher, an extreme sports lover and a breathwork facilitator. A perfect mix of the yin and yang. She truly knows how to make the most out of life. How are you, Lindsay? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Now, I met Lindsay um, a couple of weekends ago. She's um, in Melbourne, Australia at the moment. And uh, she was presenting at a bunch of amazing workshops. And um, I instantly just fell in love with the way that she teaches, her spirit, her energy. And I knew that I had to kick off this podcast with um, Lindsay. So, Lindsay, tell me a little bit about sort of what you're doing in Australia and where you've come from um, for this trip. Thank you. Um, So right now I'm on a bit of a workshop tour. This is my first time in Australia and I have felt so welcome and so loved here. So I'm really happy and I can't wait to come back again. (laughs) But um, I'm teaching some workshops, some private classes and teaching a couple things that I really love. And one of them is roots of alignment, so alignment-based yoga. I'm also working with my friend Kyle Weger and doing some handstand workshops and some ninja-style power Mm. workshops. And then I get to offer my favorite thing in the world, which is breath work. And breath work is a a style of very deep meditation that I lead. And uh, I really, I'm just happy to be here. Amazing, amazing. And I'd love to find out a little bit more about the breathworks that you teach. I know that you've got a workshop coming up. And um, tell me about sort of how you got into breathworks and um, really what it is and what transformations people can expect to experience. Mm. So I met my teacher about six years ago. His name is Christian de la Huerta, and he's based out of Miami. And he started doing this breath work 25 years ago. So he's been deeply um, invested in it because of how transformational it is. Some people compare this to a style called holotropic breath work, where you actually over-oxygenate yourself to the point of tapping into your subconscious mind. And you can release any of the doubts and judgments that the conscious mind is holding on to. Amazing. Yeah. So when I first did it, I was blown away to the point of disbelief and I went up to him afterwards and I said I want more of this how can I do more and he was in town for a few days um, where I live in Colorado and he said keep coming back so I did that and after a few days of that I said I still need more where can I go? And he said, come to my retreat in Miami. And I was in a pretty tough place, both emotionally and financially at that time. And it just all came together. Like the universe was saying, you need to go to Miami. So I ended up finding a way there. And, um, I, I had such a profound transformation that at the end I said to him, how can I, how can I be a part of this community? And um, I don't know the number now, but I think there's only around 100 or less apprentices in the United States, even at this point. So he's very specific with who he chooses. And 
I feel so blessed mm-hmm. to be chosen as one of the apprentices for this style of work. And so I've worked with him very closely over the last few years, and now I'm I'm out offering it on my own, and I'm feeling pretty incredible to be able to share a gift that has transformed my life. Amazing. Yeah. That is incredible. Um, and, you know, something that really um, inspires me about the breath is, you know, we're breathing all the time, but we're not consciously breathing. And I know on my own um, journey, when I um, did my teacher training and I learned pranayama, I mean, that, that was incredibly transformative to me at that, that time. And I didn't realize I was actually breathing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, my belly was going the opposite direction to the way that, um, you know, the, they were teaching us. And, um, and through the breath, I was able to find, yeah, this place of stillness I'd never experienced before in my life. And so I think, you know, um, learning more and more about people who are starting to share the gift of, you know, conscious mm-hmm. breath work, I think is incredibly transformative in people's lives. That's amazing. Um, I really hope to make it along to your workshop. Very cool. Um, So as you know, this podcast is called Becoming Whole. And I'd love to learn from you what you feel that living a whole life is for you. Like, you know, tell tell me more for you from your perspective. What is living a whole life? Gosh, um, <laughs> big yes. question. Yeah, it, to me, it's it's all about balance. And something that I introduced into my life so deeply in the last couple years is a meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big planner, but on the flip side of that, meditation actually mm-hmm. helps me become more clear. So when I have a bit of clarity, I eat healthy. I am exercising regularly. I'm allowing a conscious amount of time for fun and social interaction. Mm. Everything just feels like it fits into these little buckets of my life and all of the buckets make up, you know, my my wholeness. Mm. Whereas before I felt kind of jumbled and I didn't, you know, I didn't really have a set path. Mm. And because of meditation and because of mindful movement like yoga and paying attention to my breath when I feel nervous or anxious or scared or any of those things, all of a sudden I can, I can almost coach myself in the way of checking back in and saying, okay, this actually feels odd. What could feel better? And then make smart decisions. And I think that everything for me goes back to allowing even five minutes a day for meditation because I've gotten to a point where now I can allow almost an hour and that's really hard to do for most people, including me when I'm busy, but consciously saying, I just need to stop and listen to the answers in my body or in the universe has given me so much clarity. Yeah, for sure. It's that whole thing whereby you let go of having to come up with the answers from the conscious mind and allow the answers to come from within. Yeah, it's amazing. Incredible. Um, and so what, what's your practice looking like these days? Uh, my meditation yeah. practice? So because I've been traveling mm. and I was just teaching a 200-hour mm. training in Bali, it's actually been really nice. Mm. When traveling, yeah. I have a, a smaller amount of work to do, and I'm not distracted by the busyness of my mm. home life. So I've been able to meditate up to an hour a day. Oh, right. And it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. 
Um, and what type of what type of meditation are you doing? So usually it's just a sit. So it's mm-hmm. a vipassana style meditation mm-hmm. where I start with a little bit of journaling first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. and then from the journaling that gives me a direction and maybe even a a sensation in my body, like because you know how sometimes you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah, for sure. Me too. Mm. So, <laughs> so I can even say mm. in my meditation, mm. I woke up feeling kind of like mm. sad or agitated and yeah. I'll take that into meditation with mm. me and let it develop. Mm. So, um, so as of late, it's been about an hour of just breathing, listening to my journal entries that I've written down and seeing what comes up in quiet sitting. Mm. And that has taken a long time to get to. Yeah. Because it's, um, you know, I kind of compare it to surfing sometimes, whereas like you're just paddling, paddling, paddling all the time. And then mm. every now and then you catch a wave. And that's how it feels still. Like mm. sometimes meditation is really easy. And other times it feels like I'm struggling mm. to even get a moment of mental silence. Mm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and it doesn't... I've noticed as well, like with my own um, meditation, it's like um, some days feel really calm and a a lot more still and then other days the monkey mind is just going crazy and um yeah it's a challenging experience but I suppose it's it's just how it is yeah I think the what's the Dalai Lama that someone asked the Dalai Lama if he ever had any thoughts anymore and he was just like of course I do (laughs) you know and so um, I suppose it's kind of showing up for yourself and also just being kind to yourself yeah yeah Yeah. and sometimes meditation is Mm. just me crying or having some sort of physical release and that's really cool too because I never know what I'm going to get yeah (laughs) exactly exactly oh that's beautiful and um so you said you've been meditating kind of consistently for a couple of years would you say yeah yeah and the last gosh like two years I've Mm. been really dedicated amazing yeah so good Mm. and have you noticed um changes in your own life as a result of meditation would you say like in terms of that clarity and uh, more calmness and that type of thing yeah Mm. I I feel more content Mm. um I'm 34 so Mm. I am feeling shifts and changes in my body and changes in my career and expectations of family and relations and all of the things oh yeah but I've become more content with Mm. all of it where Mm. I feel like I'm just really okay and I really I like me yeah awesome because of meditation Mm -hmm. and I know many women my age and men that are still struggling to accept themselves Mm. so would you say that's that's kind of where you've a place that you've come to through the meditation is this full acceptance and love of self would you absolutely say? Yeah. yeah beautiful mm. that's so amazing <laughs> love it um cool so um so then in terms of kind of the way that you've lived your life I mean you you've had an incredible life like you're a true inspiration it seems from you know reading about you and listening to you know other things that you've done that you've really followed your passions a lot through life yeah yeah Yeah. I I call myself unapologetic yeah because you know how sometimes Mm. we make up this like oh I'm I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that because I should have done something else kind of attitude 
I just feel like I go full steam mm. towards what I want and I I listen to my manifestations. If I'm manifesting something, it, mm. it makes it so possible. Mm. And if I if I try to push those to the wayside and say I'm undeserving of those things, yeah. I will get that back in return. Mm. Totally. Yeah. Did you have you always been like this, or is this something that you've kind of learnt along the way? You know, I I think in the back of my mind, I've always been like this, mm. but I had to uncover it because of societal pressure and societal pressure says you have to be like this and look like this and do these Mm. things in this order so it's been a real battle for me against societal pressure almost like I'm rebellious in order to be more connected to making my own choices yeah for sure, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, did you like? Uh, did you have some of those pressures from family or friends, or or were they more kind of like instilled within yourself? So, like you know, thoughts that you already had instilled of mm, life needs to be a certain way, or there's an expectation, or was it actually physically people sort of having their view on that? Um, D, all of the above. All of them, right. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so my my family, mm. um, you know, I've been teaching yoga for almost 12 years. Yeah. And they are just now saying, wow, you've really made a career out of this. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and then mm. my, um, I think there's been some pressures with friends, especially mm. friends who are having children and making the next steps in their life. They're kind of saying, you should do it too. Yeah. And, um, and then my personal pressures, I think they actually really are heavily based on social media mm. or television or yeah. movies or magazines yeah. because you, I, I should speak for myself, mm-hmm. I see something that is both attractive and almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And then I try to amount myself to mm. that and I will never be six foot two and blonde. Mm. It's just impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Right? Yeah. So I think my my own personal um, pressure comes from the society and Mm. things that are just accepted as what should be cool or what should Mm. be pretty. I I feel that. Yeah. And I'm always trying to break away from it. Yeah. And do you have any... um tools or techniques you use for yourself to bring you back to that place of wholeness like that place where you feel accepting of self and loving and appreciating of yourself yeah so in part of my journal exercise Mm. I I ask myself every morning what are three things that I'm Mm. grateful for and why yeah and I always make and and I I didn't do this in the beginning but now I do it I always make one of them physical like Mm. about me yeah because it, it means a lot to say, like, I like the lo- the length of my hair. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. I'm grateful for that today or something. Mm. Because I think being a woman, we have so many pressures of what we're supposed to look like. Yeah. And I've found myself even saying, like, I'm grateful for the strength of my thighs. Mm. And those sorts of comments of gratitude are very embodied because I live in this house of myself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. And and have you found that doing that practice has helped you, you know, feel really strong within yourself and really accepting and 
Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I walk a little taller because mm. I'm grateful for, of course, my family and my loved ones. Mm. And I'm grateful for the planet and the flowers and all of those mm. things. But I'm also really grateful that I get to live in this body mm. that is mine and unique to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I think that's, that's the source. Yeah. For so many of us. Mm, totally. Because, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Because we're constantly bombarded by these images of these unrealistic mm, either lifestyles or ways of looking. Right. <laughs> yeah. And we could spend our entire lives just wishing and wanting things to be different. But they, if it's not physically possible, then let's let's enjoy what we do have. And we have so much to be grateful for. Yes. All the time, every day. Um, yeah, you're totally right. But it's just making that shift, isn't it? And particularly, do you notice as well that doing it first thing in the morning to set the day up makes a big difference as well? Huge difference. Yeah. That is, that is the way that my, my day takes shape and Mm. it allows me, you know, just a couple minutes. Mm. It's sometimes it's two or three minutes. I found myself writing in my journal for 20 minutes, but it all depends on what my day allows. And Mm. I actually have my journal digitally on my iPhone in a little locked, you know, a key. I have to press my Mm. little numbers to get into it. So it's like a diary and it's on my phone. So I have it with me. And if I'm traveling, it's not like I have to worry Mm. about an extra book with me. Yeah. I just have it here and I can even voice text it into mm-hmm. my journal. Amazing. So there's ways of making it efficient mm. and possible for me without having um, to have it ever become daunting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. So good. Um, and do you do a lot of the, the breath work practices on yourself as well during <sighs> the day? That's the hardest part. Mm. Um, I do different styles of pranayama mm-hmm. on myself throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And then usually 20 counts of this um, more holotropic style breath work to start my day and mm. to end my day. Mm. But a full hour and a half, two hour mm. pranayama exercise is really the hardest thing for me to do on my own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's a that's a big chunk of time. It's a big chunk yeah. of time, and you know, even my teacher will say you can only do it at least like once mm. every couple of weeks mm. in order to allow it to be very palatable mm-hmm. and not be the only thing that you do. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and is the is the breath works is it similar to the pranayama Indian practices or is it quite different? You know, it's different in the way that. Um, we're trying to over oxygenate ourselves instead of trying mm. yeah so it's like the brain chemistry is actually create um it is bringing in more oxygen mm-hmm. than some of the other pranayama techniques that are about heating the physical body ah, okay yep yeah ah, okay gotcha oh can't wait to um can't wait to come along to your workshop so Thank good you. um and so then in terms of the the lifestyle that you chose to um to take what have been some of like you'd say the biggest challenges in in taking that sort of that route oh um wow so many yeah <laughs> the first one is that it's a it's kind of a unaccepted path mm-hmm. you know I don't go to an office and I don't have a cubicle and 
you know, all of those things. Mm. So I'm currently living out of a bag and traveling around the world. It's just unique. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, And then it's also kind of a challenge because I miss my my family Mm. and my friends. And I have a dog who is with my parents when I travel. So that's tough. And then Mm. it does weigh on my personal relationships as well. Mm. I'm in a, a business of giving a lot of myself um, yeah. and holding space for other people mm-hmm. that I find the challenge beyond my meditation is mm. is taking time for personal relationships. Yeah, yeah for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, when you're moving around so much and stuff, yeah, you know, you don't see people as often and got to stay in contact via, you know, social media and things like that and it can be a bit tricky can't it yeah, yeah for sure I completely understand that yeah. <laughs> and how do you um do you have any um techniques that you use to stay both grounded when you're moving so often but also um uh, like maintain your own energy levels when you give so much to ensure that you don't deplete yourself um, today, actually, before I came over here, mm. was a great example. Mm. I went on an amazing, I actually went on two different hikes for three and a half hours. And I amazing. spent most of my day in nature. Mm. And um, as an athlete growing up and as somebody who really loves extreme sports and just getting outside, mm. I have to take at least one day off a week and just put my feet in the, the dirt or the rock or the terrain or the water. Mm. And that has been um, another one of those unapologetic things where I just need a day in nature. And yeah. that is the, and to me, the true essence of being grounded is just connecting with, with the earth. Yeah. So being outside, even in a picnic in the park, mm. fresh air. Yeah. So that's the way that you fill yourself up. It really yeah. is. And a lot of that mm. is just um, silence too. Yeah. And, and of, of course I get the silence from my meditation, mm. but I, I love being in nature. I saw... Yeah so many things today that will be in my heart and my mind forever that have really made this trip to Melbourne, 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 mm. I have to say it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this trip to Melbourne so special. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, yeah. And like, so how do you find the kind of, um, the grounding yourself and having those nature days when you're you know, running your own business, you're an entrepreneur and there's plenty of things to do all the time there's so many things competing your attention how do you kind of map out your time so that you're still giving to yourself um wow it's (laughs) tough yeah um so right now I'm traveling and working with a teaching partner and he said to me we have a day off Mm. and uh I thought great you know we have a day off I'm gonna go in nature and you know he wanted to still fill the day up with other things yeah and I said to him and to myself, like, I'm going to honor and mm. really have a day off. Mm. And I, I think that some people, different people, view a day off as a day to fill with other work. Yeah. And I just can't. Mm. I can't. So when I'm home in Colorado, I actually have two or three days a week that mm. I get outside in nature. Amazing. And I, I let nature fill me up so that I can be a better teacher yeah. and a better partner and a better family mm. member. Mm. And those are definitely important and very regimented yeah. set days. Right. So they're the same days each week? 
In Denver, they are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in Denver. It's a bit more challenging when you're traveling. Yeah, it's a bit more challenging yeah. when I'm traveling, but mm. but I have made it very clear mm. in, to myself. Yeah. Like last week, I had a great day. Mm. This week, I had a great day. Yeah. Next week, I'll plan another. Yeah. And I just know that that is going to make me a better person. Good on you. Um, so they're like your non-negotiables, yeah? Exactly. Yeah. I love yeah. that word. Mm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, because something that I I personally find is kind of stepping into this space of not having like a, you know, a regular nine to five is um, there's always so many things to do. And I understand the importance of getting outside and having days off. But there's a guilt that comes over me doing that and I'm and I speak to so many other people and they say the same thing um did you ever have that guilt and how did you overcome that guilt what's the kind of internal dialogue that you have to allow yourself to do that <laughs> yes I have that guilt <laughs> all the time mm. and uh you know it's it's actually kind of nice when traveling because mm. my phone doesn't work ah uh-huh, yes so yeah. it just yeah. doesn't work true and sure. um I the iPhone has not not a plug for iPhone, but totally mm. a plug. Um, it has <laughs> a um, a great feature called Do Not Disturb, and yeah. I'll have my phone with me mm. because I want to take pictures yeah. and still have it close by. Maybe it's a security blanket, but yeah. <laughs> but I know that those Do Not Disturb times will will be good. And mm. you know, it's funny. Sometimes I'll go back to my phone and I'll turn the do not disturb off and I'll have 10 messages and sometimes I'll have zero. Mm. So it's the flip of a coin and it's okay if I have 10 messages that I have to respond to because I'm a capable adult and I will respond to them in a timely manner. It's also really the biggest relief if Mm. I take a few hours off for myself and there are no messages Mm. like how beautiful Mm, for sure for sure and have you noticed something that I've been playing with recently is that you know when I when I'm doing my work and you know on the hustle so much but you know I'm doing I'm in a place of doing and you know moving things forwards and then you know those those times when you're trying to make something work and you know a little bit into that hustle mode and um, it can become like a little bit overwhelming it's taking over the thoughts and then if I switch my computer off and I just let go and do something that's nourishing and something that I love then things start to move Yes. It's this weird, like, magical thing that kind of goes against how we've been taught (laughs) that things work. It's, you know, we're taught that, you know, you've got to keep moving and action, action, action. And, yeah, there's an element to it, but there's also this beautiful surrendering to kind of just allowing the thing, you know, removing the control. Absolutely. It's it's quite a magical thing. Yeah. Mm. And, and, gosh, we can can all do that. Mm. We can all take a five minute walk yeah. or just a, a, a place of, you know, making a meal for ourselves mm. and sitting down and enjoying it without all of the computers or, you know, phones and things mm. nearby. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We actually become more creative when we're away from our, what we're, our have to do list. Mm. And then totally. the have to do list doesn't seem so bad anymore. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And have you noticed 
notice when you go on your your walks out in nature and you're like you know just immersed in in the natural environment do you find because this is something that i've found when we were traveling around um uh like latin america and india and places that the more i was still and the more i was around nature the more it was almost like nature spoke to me like the more the inspiration the creativity flowed through Absolutely. Do you find that? Mm. Yeah, I do. Mm. Um, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, the mm. writer, she she says it best in her book, Big Magic. Yeah. She said that um, sometimes there's, she sits down and she's like, okay, it's time to be creative. Mm. And in those times, creativity isn't there. Yes. But creativity is all around mm. us when we're, when we're open and we're relaxed. Yeah. And our body is available for mm. whatever sort of magic needs to flow in. For sure. It's the, and a certain openness, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I think the word open feels mm. really good for yeah. what, what I'm doing personally. Mm. Like being out in nature today has just lit me up. That's I'm so on fire yeah. for me and mm. for this conversation and yeah. for more work tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And it's, how do you go with, um, in terms of, you know, not necessarily knowing what's going to happen, you know, in a year's time and, and coming into a place of trust, mm. has that taken a while to build up or has that again been something that, you know, has been always with you through the various things that you've done in your life? Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've actually heard myself saying a little more lately than ever, but you can't take it with you. Mm. So I, I find myself just enjoying fully to mm. even to the point where I, I'm trying not to plan too much. Yeah. You know, if I can plan uh, six months in advance or a year in advance as a, mm. as a teacher trainer, I actually have to plan a little bit of that stuff yeah. out. <laughs> but um, beyond that, I, I know that I'm just following my heart mm. and my heart is the best guide that I have. So if I can follow my heart and trust that I'm in a good mental space because of mm. the ritual that I've created around my life, I will be taken care of. Yeah by the universe and whatever mm. it is that mm. I'm putting out there. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love that. So mm. beautiful. Mm. Follow your heart. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And trust. Mm. Yes. Um, so I suppose my last question is, um, if you were to go back to the start of your journey, um, would you do anything differently? I know that's always a difficult question. Yeah. Is there anything that you would change or... No. No. Yeah. Even the times when I've been shut down mm. by whatever it, it was, like a, a job opportunity mm. or a partner or anything, mm. like those are all moments of mm. learning. Totally. And I wouldn't change it because in reality, I just can't. Yeah. So I feel that in order to be... Um, mindful and mm. to be whole in myself mm. I have to just explore the present moment with a For lot sure. of acceptance mm. and say whatever it was that was terrible yeah. mm. is actually a one of my biggest teachers yeah totally even though at the time it never feels necessarily like the biggest blessing actually yeah. when we look back on it it's yeah 
a huge lesson and a huge learning experience, isn't it? Yeah, and it has shaped me so much. So yeah. that that feels feels really whole. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, isn't that a great way to end this podcast? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> nice little segue. Um, it's been beautiful chatting to you. You are an absolute amazing spirit, and I'm so grateful to have connected with you. Um, and I'm coming out to St Kilda as well awesome (laughs) Um, so just to finish off then where can people find you so my um, website is lindsaygonzalezyoga.com and everyone can find me on Facebook of course I'm pretty easy to find in the yoga community just Lindsay Gonzalez and on Instagram my um, I guess it's called like your tagline or something is breathe on board and Breathe on Board encompasses a lot of what I do but through yoga and board sports and being in nature. Great. Wow. So much to look at. So much to enjoy. Um, check it out. Lindsay's um, Instagram where she's traveling around the world a lot over the next um, year. I will put all of the information about Lindsay up on the notes for this podcast. Um, thanks so much for listening. Bye.